Rattle of bells by Robert E. Howard. Landlord Ho, a shout broke the lowing silence. We birds pervaded through the black forest of sinister echoing. This place have a forbidding aspect, Minif. Two men stood in front of the forest tavern. The building was low, long and rumbling, built of heavy logs. His small windows were heavily barred. The door was closed. Above the door, its sinister sign showed faintly a cleft skull. His door swung slowly open, and a bearded face peered out. The owner's face stepped back and motioned his guest to enter. With a grudging gesture, it seemed, a candle gleamed on a table. A flame smouldered in the fireplace. Your names? Solomon Kane, said the taller man briefly. Gaston Amon. The others spoke curtly. But what is that to you? Strangers are few in the Black Forest, grunted the host. Bandits many. Sit at yonder table. I will bring food. Two men sat down, the bearing of men who have travelled far. One was a tall, gaunt man, clad in a featherless hat and sombre black garments, which set off the dark pallor of his forbidding face. The other was a different type entirely, bedecked with lace and plumes. Through his finery was somewhat stained from travel. He was handsome in a bold way, his restless eyes shifted from side to side, never still an instant. The host brought wine and food to the rough hill table, and stood back in the shadows, a sombre image. His features now ascending into vagueness, were lowly etched in the firelight as it leaped and flickered, were masked in a beard which seemed almost animal-like with thickness. A great nose curved above his beard, and two small red eyes stared and blinking at his guests. Who are you? Sonny asked the younger man. I host the Clef Skull Tavern, suddenly replied the other. Tone seemed to challenge his questioner to ask further. Do you have many guests? Amor Answer Few come twice, the host grunted. Crane startled a glance up straight into those small red eyes as he sought for some hidden meaning in the host's words. Flaming eyes seemed to dilate and dropped suddenly before the Englishman's cold stare. I am for bed, said Kane, abruptly, bring his meal to a close. I must take up my journey by daylight. And I, added the Frenchman, man, host, show us to our chambers. Black shadows wavered on the walls. The two followed the silent host down a long, dark hall. The stocky, broody body of the guide seemed to grow and span the light of a small candle, which he carried, throwing long, grim shadow behind him. The sudden door he halted, indicating there was sleep there. He entered the host, lit the candle, the one he carried, and lurched back the way he had come. In the chamber, two men glanced at each other. The only furnishings of the room were a couple of bunks, a chair or two, and a heavy table. Let us see if there be any other way to make fast the door, said Cain. Do not like, I do not look, I like not the looks of mine host. There are no racks on the door, a jab for a bar, said Gosselin, but no bar. You must break up the table and use it for pieces for a bar, mused Cain. Mon bieu, 
said Ambor. You're a tremendous monsieur. Kane scoffed. I not like being murdered in my sleep, he answered gruffly. My faith, the Frenchman laughed. We are chance met. It's what overtook you the first road an hour before sunset. We had never seen each other. I never I have seen you somewhere before, answered Kane, though I can not recall where. As the other, I assume every man is an honest fellow. So he showed me the road, moreover, my light sleep and slumber with a pistol in my hand. Frenchman laughed again. I was wondering how Monsieur could bring himself to sleep in a room with a stranger. Ha ha. Wait, Monsieur Englishman, let us go forth and take a bar on one of the other rooms. Taking the candle with them, they went into the corridor. Outer silence reigned. Small candle twinkled readily and evilly in the thick darkness. My host have neither guests nor servants, muttered Solomon Cain. A strange heaven. What is the name now? Those German words come not easily to me. The cleft skull, a bloody name in faith. They reached the room next to theirs, but no bar rewarded their search. At last they came to the last room at the end of the corridor. They entered. Furnished like the rest, except the door was provided. A small barred opening, and fastened from the outside with a heavy bolt, which was secured at one end to the door jab. They raised the bolt and looked in. There should be an outer window, but there is not, muttered the cane. Look, the floor is stained deep and darkly. The walls and the one bunk were packed into places. Great splinters, splinters have been torn away. Men have died in here, said Cain solemnly. Is yonder not a bar fixed in the wall? Aye, but it is made fast, said the Frenchman, tugging at it. The a section of the wall swung back, and Gaston gave a quick exclamation. Small secret room was revealed. Two men bent over the ghastly thing lay upon its floor. A skeleton of man, said Gaston. Behold, how his bony leg is shackled to the floor. He's in prison here and died. Nay, said Cain, the glow is cleft. Methinks host, my host had a green reason for the name of his head is driven. man like us was no doubt a wonder who fell into fiend's hands. Likely, said Gascon, without interest. He is engaged in idly working the great iron ring and skeleton leg bones. Failing in this, he drew his sword a position of remarkable strength cut the chain, which joined the ring on the leg to a ring set deep in the log floor. Why should he shackle skeleton to the floor, mused the midnight Frenchman, but a waste of good chain. Now, monsieur, he's rightly addressed a white heap of bones. I have freed you. You may go to where you like. Have done. Cain's voice was deep. No good will come of mocking the dead. Dead? to defend themselves, love them the more. Somehow I, just, somehow I slay the man who kills me from my corpse climb up forty fathoms of ocean to do it. Cain turned towards the outer door, closing the door of the secret room behind him. He looked like not this, like not this talk which smite the demonority witchcraft. It was haste to face the host with the charge of his guilt. As he turned with his back to the Frenchman, he t- felt the touch of cold steel against his neck, 
and knew that a pitchful muscle was pressed close beneath the base of his brain. Move not, monsieur, the voice was low and silky. Move not, I shall scatter your few brains. Room, Paterian, Puritan, raging inwardly, stood with his hands in the air, but the more slipped his pistols and saw from his sheaths. Now your turn, said Goscon, stepping back. Bain bent a grim eye, a dapper fellow who stood bareheaded. Now, hat in hand, hand the other, leveled his long pistol. Gaston the butcher, said Frenchman somberly. Fool, it was to, to trust it, Frenchman. You've ranged far, murderer. I remember you now. With that cursed great hat off, I saw you, Calice, some years ago. Aye, now you will never see me again. What was that? Rats just blowing young skeletons, said Kane, voicing the bandit like a hawk, waiting for a single slight wandering with that black gun muzzle. The sound was the rattle of bones. Long enough? returned the other. Now, Monsieur Kane, I know you carry considerable money on your person. I thought to wait until you slept, and then slay you. But the opportunity presented itself, I took it. You trick easily. I little thought I should fear a man with whom I had broken bread, said Kane, a deep tumble, a slow furry sounding in his voice. But it laughed singularly. Singularly, his eyes narrowed and began to back slowly towards the other door. Kane's stewards tensed involuntary. He gathered himself like a giant wolf about to launch himself in a deep, deep in a death leap. Gerson's hand was like a rock. Pistol never trembled. Well, we have to know death plunges after the shot, said Baston. Then still, monsieur, I see men killed by dying. I see men killed by dying men. I wish to have distance enough between us to collude that possibility. I faith I will shoot you. You roar and charge. You die before you reach me. Your bare hands. I, my host, will have another skeleton. His secret niche. That is, if you do not kill him yourself. Myself. For knows me. Not, not, nor I him. Moreover, Fetchman was in the doorway now, sighting along the barrel. A candle which had been struck. Another niche on the walls shed a weird and flickering light which not extend past the doorway. The sun is a death for the darkness. Behind Gascon's back, a broad, vague figure rose up and a gleaming blade slept down, slept down. Frenchman went off his knees like a butchered ox, his brain spilling from his cleft skull. Above him towered the figure of the host, a wild and terrible spectacle, still holding the hanger, which he had slain the bandit. Hi ho, he roared back. Cain had leaped forward as Gaston fell, but the host thrust into his very face a long pistol, which he held in his left hand. Back, he repeated with a tigerish roar. Cain retreated from the menacing weapon, sending the red eyes. The Englishman stood silent, his flesh crawling, his sense of deeper, more hideous threat than the Frenchman had offered. Something inhuman about this man, who now swayed to and fro like some great forest beast, while his mirthless laughter boomed out again. Guest on the butch, he shouted, kicking the corpse at his feet. Ho, ho, my fine brigand, we'll hunt no more. I had heard of this fall who roamed the black forest. He wished gold. He found death. Now your gold shall be mine, more than gold vengeance. I am no foe of yours, though, Cain spoke calmly. 
All men on my foes look, marks on my wrists see, and marks on my ankles, and deep in my back the kiss of the snot, and deep in my brain the wounds of the years, the cold sight cells, I lay his punishment for crime I never committed, for I spoke in a hideous, gruesome sob. Cain made no answer. This man was not the first he'd seen. His brain had shattered amid the horrors of terrible condemned prisons. They escaped the scream, rose triumphantly. And here I make war on all men. What was that? Did Cain see a flash of fear that hid his eyes? My sorcerer's rattling his bones, whispered those. And the laughed wildly. Dying, he swallowed his very bones. He weaved a net of death for me. I shackled his corpse to the floor. Now, deep in the night, he is bare skeleton, clash and rattle. He seeks to be free. I laugh, a life I hold. How he yearns to rise and stalk like old King Death. Along these dark corridors, where I sleep, just lay me in my bed. Suddenly, the insane eyes flared hideously. You were in that secret room, you and his dead fool. Did he talk to you? Cain shuddered in spite of himself. Was it sanity, or did he actually hear the faint rattles of her bones? The skeleton moved slightly. Cain shrugged his shoulders. Rats will even tug at dusty bones. Host was laughing again. He slided around Cain, keeping the faint instrument always covered with his free hand opened the door. All was darkness within, so that Cain could not even see the glimmer of the bones of the floor. All men are my foes, mumbled the host, in a current manner of the insane. Why should I spare any man who lifted a hand to my aid? I lay for years at vile dungeons of Koshuru, for a deed never proven. Whatever happened in my mind, then I became a wolf, as a wolf, a brother of these of the black forest, which have fled when escaped. They have feasted, my brothers, and all lay in my tavern, all set this one who clashes its bones, his magician from Russia. Yes, he comes stalking back for the black shadows when night is over the world and slay me. Who will me who will slay the dead? He stripped his bones and shackled him. The sorcery is not powerful enough to save him from me. But all men know their magician is more evil than a living one. Move not, Englishman. Your bones and I shall leave us his secret room. Besides this one, too. Maniac was standing partly in the doorway. The secret room, now his weapon. Still menacing, came suddenly. He seemed to topple backward, vanished in the darkness. The same instant, a vagrant gust of wind swept down the outer corridor, down the door, shut behind him. Cain on the wall flickered and went out. Crane's groping hands sweeping out the floor of the floor. And a pistol, he straightened, facing the door. But a panic maniac, maniac had vanished. He stood in utter darkness, his blood freezing. By a hideous muffled screaming came from the secret room. Intermingled a dry, grisly rattle of fresh bones. And silence fell. Cain found flint and steel and lighted the candle. Then holding it in one hand and pistol in the other, he opened the secret door. Good God! He met as a cold sweat formed on his body. His fingers burned no reason, yet 
with mine own eyes I see it. Two vows have been kept for Gaston the Bush swore, even if he was to avenge his lane. It was a hand which yon fleshless months are free. And he the host of the cliff's skull lay lifeless on the floor. Sigurum in pistol face, set in lines of terrible fear. Deep in his broken skull, neck was shrunk, the bare finger bones of sorcerer's skeleton.